Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. I was reading an Instagram post the other day from the Big Life Journal, which is a business that promotes growth mindset and has journals that kids can use in order to produce this growth mindset. Um, But the quote that they had was, when a flower doesn't bloom, you fix the environment it grows in, not the flower. I love that quote because for today, that's what we're talking about. Environment. How changing the environment changes the response that we get from our kids. Here's an example from TikTok. Can you tell I've been on social media a lot this week during coronavirus? So there's this lady whose kids wouldn't listen to her and she's like, I just lost it. I went to Walmart and I got a folder and I came home and I made lists of all kinds of stuff to do and jobs and schedules and I gave it to the kids and then I bought buttons and I said, here's how you earn your buttons by doing all the jobs in these charts. Every button is worth 15 minutes of screen time. And the kids said, you're not fair, you're ruining my life, this is terrible. And she said, that's the way it is. And she said, and this whole time she's whispering, it's just hysterical. She's like, you won't believe it. I just got out of the bathroom and my seven-year-old is mopping and sweeping the floor. And he said, mom, I'm going to earn myself some buttons so I can play Fortnite. I love this example because of how excited she was. And what happened was that she changed the environment. So then her kids responded differently. We're going to brainstorm some ways that we can change the environment in a couple of situations so that our kids will respond differently and be more likely to do what we need them to do. But for now, my question is, why does it actually work to change the environment? Well, first of all, our brains like novel things. They like new things. We kind of pattern match all day long to conserve energy. But when something novel and new comes up, it's like, oh, wait, there's no pattern here. And so it wakes up our prefrontal cortex to start paying attention and thinking about it for a minute and making sense of what's going on around us. So it gets our kids' attention. Also changing the environment helps our kids know that you mean business. It can be done in a spirit of fun and curiosity, a spirit of lightness, not like you're in big trouble buster, but just, hey, we're going to try this and mix it up a little bit and see how this turns out now. It also works because... Our kids' behavior won't work in this new environment. The way we've changed it means that their old behaviors don't work for them anymore. I remember when I first learned how important my behavior was in influencing my kids' behavior. When my baby was very young, I would nurse him to sleep and then lay him down very gently so that he would just stay asleep. He never really learned to go to sleep on his own. So my mother-in-law was visiting and I laid him down to sleep and he started crying. And she said to me, it's okay, hun. I know that kids have to cry for a minute sometimes before they go to sleep. And I sat there thinking, what? They do? I didn't know anything about kids. And so I kind of looked at my watch and I just let him cry. And it was making me nervous. And within three or four minutes, he had gone to sleep. And I started to realize, oh, he needs to learn how to do this behavior on his own. He needs to learn how to go to sleep on his own. And so I changed the environment in which he went to sleep. We still had a little routine. I still nursed him so that his belly was full, but I would lay him down when he was still awake and he learned how to go to sleep. 
Let's take the task of having our kids help with the dishes. That's such a common thing that everyone needs to end up having their kids help with. What are some things we can change in the environment to change our dish routine? We could put up a rotating chore chart. We could have allowance attached to doing dishes. Those are things you've probably already tried. What are some other environmental changes that we could take surrounding dishes? Maybe whoever job it is might find those dishes on their pillow when they come home from school because they were just there and it's their job and that's their space. So you want to keep their job stuff in their space. Maybe everybody gets their own plate, which is identifiable. And everybody washes their own plate so that we don't have to worry about doing each other's dishes and who's ever got the pans can then have a separate pan kind of job. Maybe we forego dishes and we just buy paper plates and take that out of our kids' allowance because we don't want to mess with the dishes anymore and apparently they don't want to, so we're just going to go ahead and buy the stuff with their allowance so we don't have to do dishes anymore. That's awesome. We could create a handoff in the chores. Maybe whoever is wiping off the counters in the dish routine or in the kitchen routine um, never really gets around to doing it, and so on Sunday night, we have to hand it off, and if the counters aren't wiped off, then they get to keep that job for a little bit longer. Maybe we have a family dish time where everyone gets in and does it together, and no one can leave the kitchen, even to go to the bathroom, in order to get everything done. Maybe we take a bunch of dishes and put them in a box in the garage, and the only dishes we have are the essential ones that we need to cook. One plate for each person, one pan in order to cook things, and... That's all we have, and so if it's dirty, we just don't cook anything because it's dirty, and so there's no space for us to cook anything new. All of these different environmental changes can be done in a sarcastic way. They can be done in a light and fun way, or they can be done in a really mean and controlling way. The way we implement these environmental changes matters. We want to just do it with an experimental, light, curious kind of atmosphere. Like, I wonder what would happen if we tried this. Even as a family, you can get together and experiment with environmental changes. You don't have to be the one who implements them all on your own. You could ask your family, what could we change in our situation or environment to make it easier to pick up toys? What could we change in our environment to make it easier to have dinner go better? Or whatever it is that you're trying to get your kids to do. Another way we can change the environment is by moving something physically or turning it upside down or putting it in a new place, and so when kids come into this new environment, it gets their attention, you're like, whoa, what's going on? Something that I like to do is actually personify whatever the object is that's getting misused or mistreated or that I want to change in some way. So they might come and find the chairs upside down with a little note on them, or they might find the television unplugged with tape over the um, outlet and a little note saying, wow, I'm tired. <laughs> I've just been used so much lately. I need a break. Let's do this tomorrow. And then you just have a day without the television being plugged in. It's not a permanent solution, but that change in environment shakes it up a little bit to start a conversation. Sometimes parents resist changing up the environment in these radical, different, crazy ways, but doing something really different can really make a difference. So here are some of the resistance that I see in parents who don't want to make these kinds of environmental changes. First of all, it feels controlling, but it's not controlling. It's fun and it's experimental. You don't have to do it forever. It's something that you can just do for a week or two. Say to your family, I'm going to try this for a week and see how it goes, and then we'll talk about it and see what you guys think. 
It's also okay to do something untraditional. Sometimes we don't want to do things because it's like, wow, that's not how everyone else do it, or people will think we're weird if we do it that way. There's a story of Boyd K. Packer, who's a church leader, and in that church, they were really big on having family dinners together. But he said in his biography, you know, this is how we did family dinners for our kids. At four o'clock, our kids were ravenous. They were so hungry, they'd had a big day at school. They came home, and so we would have a big dinner at four o'clock with just mom and the kids. And then a plate would get set aside for me. And when I came home at around six or seven, then I would have my little leftover dinner, and that's how we handled dinner. And people would ask him, wait a second, isn't it supposed to be like dinner for family time? And he said, here's what ended up happening. First of all, the kids settled into their routines and their homework and their jobs and what they needed to do because they had good food filling them. They didn't just have some little snack or something. They weren't hungry anymore, and so they could do what they needed to do. Second of all, when I would come home at six or seven and have my dinner, everyone else would come around and have a little snack and we'd end up chatting. It was like a family home evening every night where we would chat together with the family. Their approach was unconventional and I'm guessing that they might have had to kind of push back a little bit on the expectations that other people had and say, wow, what are people gonna think? And just say, I don't care what people think, this is the way we're gonna do it and this is what works for our family. So we can examine our assumptions and do things that are important to us that don't have to be like what everyone else is doing. I know one lady who hated cooking, but she felt compelled to cook because she was a stay-at-home mom. And she was finally convinced that you don't have to do that if that's what you hate. And so she made a choice not to cook. I don't know what she did in order to figure out her circumstances and to get food for her whole family, if it was somebody else's job or if they just did takeout or what they did, but she chose not to cook and that worked well for her. Another assumption that somebody made is that if I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom, I'm going to be the one who changes the diaper. But I know a mom who said, I have a thing with this, and I'm not having kids if I have to change diapers. I will never change a diaper. And she made that arrangement with her husband going into this, both of them knowing that she would never change a diaper. And that's what she ended up doing was not ever changing diapers. Those are kind of extreme examples, but really the point is, is that we want to examine our assumptions and kind of break out of those and brainstorm new ideas in ways that we can change the environment, mix it up, and just try something new. I like experimenting with all kinds of crazy things. So for example, you could come home from a grocery shopping trip only having peanut butter and jelly and bread and milk, and that's the only thing you bought for that week. When kids start going, whoa, what happened here? You can just say, you know what, I'm taking so much time doing everybody else's jobs, which is cool, I'm okay with that, but I just didn't have the wherewithal to think about what to shop for, so I just got this. Implementing these crazy funny experiments in changing your environment can be done in a mean controlling way or it can be done in a playful fun way. The playful fun way is what we're after. We're here to just break out our old patterns and figure out that there's a problem here that we want to resolve. So let's get our kids' cooperation in resolving it. We can include our kids in the discussion of how to change the environment. We can have a family meeting to say, what's going to make homework go better during this homeschooling environment we have here now in coronavirus? What can we change in our environment? What ideas do you have? What kind of a setup do you need? Do you need a computer? Do you want a little desk? What environmental space changes can we make to make it better for you to be able to go to school and do homework at home.
It's important as parents for us to figure out what we do and what we don't control. Of course, we can't control our kids' behavior. We can't control their reactions to things. What we can control is our own voice, our own actions, our own choices, what we do. But we also control so much in our homes. We control the electricity in our homes. Imagine that. We control everything that gets plugged into and what we pay for in electricity. We control the cars and the rides that we give people. We control our time and what we're willing to do with and for them. We control every item in our home. Think of your whole Costco list. What do you bring into your home? Everything that's in there is something that you control. One of our students brought it up in an interesting way. He said, I think about what I can control by thinking about walking into my empty new apartment and going, okay, where does everything go? What do I bring in here? What don't I bring in here? Everything inside that empty space is what you control. And we're not controlling our kids, we're controlling the environment. The reason we're talking about control here is because when we adjust and change the environment that is within our control, then it influences new responses and new behaviors from our kids. If you wanna change the way your kids manage and clean up the playroom and you do some environmental changes, say for example, you bulldoze all the toys into a big blanket and then you just carry it out like Santa Claus and put it up in the attic or someplace away for a while. Or say you reorganize the toy room and put it into bins and put some of them away and then some of them out so they only have half the toys at the time. Or you put little notes saying how sad the toys are that they're messy. Or you create a chart or all these different kinds of environmental changes that we can do. It seems like a lot of work, especially when it's easier to just clean up the playroom ourselves. But of course, as parents, part of our job is to prepare our kids for their futures and to teach them to be responsible, contributing members of our family. And so it's worth the effort to do these things, not because you're always going to have to do them, but because if you'll put in the time and effort to change the environment and to change what's happening for one thing, there's a lot of positive results. First of all, your kids know you mean business. They're like, wow, something's gotten into mom. She's making all these changes here. And so they know you mean business. Plus, when you get one thing working well, it builds positive momentum so that other things can start working well. Also, you begin to learn the principles of how what you do influences what your kids do and their response. It also gives you more confidence in being a parent because you can see the results changing in this one particular situation that you put the effort into. Changing the environment is awesome because changing the environment invites a different kind of response from your kids. Changing the environment is also awesome because it's something that you have control of. When we feel like we have control of something, it brings more energy to our parenting and more positivity because we're not just sitting back completely out of control and wondering what in the world we're gonna do. It gives us options. When we have control of the environment, we have options now that we can try. It's worth the effort to try something new in your environment because our environment and changing our environment influences how our kids do the things that we need them to do. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. 
You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.